If you are someone who's looking to learn more about fertility awareness method for natural birth control or conception, and you're ready to finally get to the root of hormone imbalances for good, this is the podcast for you. The cool thing is fertility awareness method is here for you in all seasons of your life. When you're looking to prevent pregnancy, when you're ready to conceive, and when you want to use it postpartum. So if you're in the phase of your life where you are looking for a natural form of birth control without all the hormones, head on over to my free training, nourishedwithnina.com slash fam training for all of the information. All right, let's go ahead and hop right into this new episode. I'm going to a trainer, I thought I was an expert. And I think that's what comes across a lot of times um, when people are training with somebody and then they become pregnant or, and then the person thinks they can just keep training them. And I think it's, it's a hard thing to navigate because there are so many changes to the body. And I learned that and I got certified and I kind of went through some rehab and then, then here I am this newborn trainer. Hey everyone, welcome back to a new episode of the Healing Hormones Podcast. I'm Nina Boyce, your host, certified hormone and fertility coach and Reiki practitioner. Today we are talking about how to best work out when you're pregnant because as someone who is now 23 weeks pregnant, I am curious about all of the things. Um, And so if you are thinking about conceiving, or maybe you are already pregnant, you might notice that, of course, your body is changing and it changes a lot during the first trimester, second into the third. And although working out is a very healthy part of a pregnancy and supports so many things, including easier labor and mental health and less achy joints and all of the things, we do have to be careful because there are certain things that are shifting in the body that can make working out a bit dangerous if you're not doing it correctly. And so that's why I had Taylor Merritt on the podcast today, first of all, to bust some myths around working out and pregnancy, and also to give us some really nice, easy, and practical tips that you can implement uh, for future pregnancies or right now, if that's the stage that you're in, like me. So Taylor holds a bachelor's degree in public health, emphasis in health education, wellness, and promotion from DePaul University. She's an ACE personal trainer with ACE sports and fitness nutrition and pre and postnatal certifications. And she's the founder of Sweaty as a Mother, an online resource for moms to feel confident and strong through all stages of motherhood. So this even goes into postpartum. She currently lives in San Diego, California with her husband and three children. So she knows how this goes because she has three little ones. We talk about it in the episode. So not only... Does she have all of her personal training experience, but she's gone through this process herself three times now. And I love that she shares her story personally through working out and how she made modifications between her first and second pregnancy. So let's go ahead and hop right into this episode with Taylor. Hey, Taylor. Thanks so much for coming on the podcast today. I really wanted to get someone on the show to talk about movement and fitness within pregnancy because I feel like uh, there's a lot of good and bad information out there regarding fitness and pregnancy and even postpartum. Um, And I came across your work through a friend, Meg Langston, and I love everything she does. And I was like, well, let's get this girl on the podcast. So thank you so much for coming on today. 
Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. And I, I, it is so true what you said. There's just a lot of information out there. And I think it's a lot, it's overwhelming for pregnant women or people trying to conceive. They kind of just don't know what's right or wrong. And that can kind of lead to some people just deciding not to do anything or doing the wrong things. And so I just want to, you know, help women feel confident and strong while, you know, growing a human. Yeah, exactly. I love that. Now you're a mom yourself of three, right? Yeah. Yes, I have three little ones. <laughs> three little ones. And before we started recording, I, they came in and, and needed hugs from you before they left, which I thought was super precious. Oh, well, thank you. They are such good kids. And it is, it's that work-life balance, mom life you are going to get to experience. Um, oh, man. I think it, 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 you, you, it's, it's always a struggle in the beginning, kind of figuring out what works, what doesn't work. You want to, my personality, I want to go 100 into my work. I want to go 100 into motherhood. And so- mm-hmm. It's kind of tough. Yeah. So I um, I just signed a lease at in a, a office space down the street from where I live because right now I'm in a, I'm in a two bedroom apartment. This right now I'm in my office, but this is about to be um, oh I can't say her name yet, but baby girl's room. This is going to be her room. Oh um, we live downtown. My husband um, also has an office like right down the street. So it was just time to like step into this new phase and you know take my clients there and Reiki clients and all that. But I was like, wow, you know, there's going to be, I'm hoping to take two months. Like I'm hoping to take April and May and, Mm -hmm. you know, very, very lucky that I have the ability to be flexible and do what I need to do, you know? Um, but at the same time, I love my business and it's my baby and I don't want, so I've already started thinking like, okay, I got this space booked. Um, I want to make sure like, what am I going to, should I do there three days a week? What about, what about baby girl? Like what, you know, and then my husband, so it's very challenging, I'm sure as a business owner, but also as somebody that doesn't really have the luxury of adjusting their own schedule. And it's like, I have to go back at this time and these are the hours I have to work. I'm sure that there are many moms or moms to be listening, like, Yes. Been there, done that, struggling with that right now. It really is. It's a, I went through an identity crisis is what it kind of was. And, and it's a struggle. And, you know, while I do say the same thing, I went back to work full-time for my first two. And then I left my full-time job and decided to start my sweaty as a mother business. And Mm. again, it's a luxury, you know, being able to navigate that was, was very helpful. But at the same time, we still go through those changes. Changes are rough. Changes are hard. And so, yeah. Everyone has to go through it. So actually having said that, let's take it back a little bit. So you were, and I think I read this on your website, was it a manager or something for title one boxing? Yes. I was the general manager for the title boxing club here in San Diego. And so I helped open that club and kind of build it to what it was. And so, I mean, I was at the club up to 12 hours a day. I was teaching classes all day, training clients, um, and then got pregnant. I think it was like three years into, you know, being there and man, that changed everything. Cause title, like you said, was my baby, that club yeah. was the baby that yeah. built it from the bottom. And those members were my everything. And then here comes this little girl and <laughs> yeah. it, it changes the way you look at everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and not in a bad way at all, but it's just a different feeling where every time I'm there, I just wanted to be home. Right. You know? And you're like, what yeah. is going on here? But you kind of learn and you navigate it and you find a perfect balance. And then, you know, when you hit that, you're like, you feel so good and you know, you're 
doing great with your job and then you come home and you're so focused on the baby and everything. It takes time, I'm sure though, to get into the groove and that's okay. Like it is okay if you feel like you are treading water, which is something that I'm trying to remind myself now as I head into all this, you know, this past week I've been, I've just been slammed with calls, which has been great. You know, I've loved it. Right. But I'm not complaining. (laughs) Yeah. But at the same time, at the end of the day, it was like, like last night I was like, I'm going to order sushi. By the way, it was roasted chicken. So nobody at me with like raw (laughs) seafood or whatever. But, um, which by the way, in some cultures is totally fine. And there's research that says it's okay. But putting that aside, um, I was like, I'm going to order some sushi and I'm watching Gilmore Girls. And I was like, you know what? I would never be able to do this once she's here. I wouldn't be able to just be on calls all day. And then all of a sudden tune out everything and just like watch TV, you know? So it's going to be an adjustment period, but Hey, we all, we all go through it and we'll make it through in the end. Columbus right now where I'm at is in purple. And so we are in an advisory, a stay at home advisory. But, you know, on one hand, fitness is so, so good for us, like our health and for our mental health. And um, there's this, this pool of like, do we continue keeping this open because this is a positive thing for our health and, and hopefully preventing people from getting sick. But then what do we do when we have a bunch of people in one room? It's just it's I a know. hard, it's so hard difficult. time right now. And like San Diego, we can it's been a little easier for people to be outside, right? And that, You're right. But then where you are, you know, it's it gets cold. It's getting cold. <laughs> that would not be fun. That's that crazy. would be, probably be the opposite effect. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just, we're, we're all going to get through these wild times. I believe it. We, we um, okay, go, exactly. Going back to like your fitness, yes. like being, being at title, title boxing, we have something called title one. So that's so, probably what so it's here. title boxing club. And I still, there's, it's a franchise. And so there's a lot of different clubs. Um, and so I was a manager of one of the clubs and then now I actually work for corporate cause we have an app. And so that's the, cool. that came up again after I left was just a opportunity, yeah. which I always tell what like things will, you know, doors close, another chapter starts and then something can come up. Yeah. So I think for me, that was a, a nice thing. But yeah, so I left there um, and that was, again, I had my second and then I got a nanny and then Mm -hmm. it was like, just, I'm like, what am I doing? Like, I felt like I'm like, I'm paying this nanny to raise these little babies. Again, my kids are 18 months apart and then my second ones are 20 months apart. So very, very small babies, you know, they're all little. Yeah. And so I'm like, you know, what? what am I doing here? And I just wasn't all in anymore. Yeah. And I'm like, I want to still help women train people and, you know, do that. Do what you like. I'm like, I can't stop that. And so that's kind of here came sweaty as a mother. This is now me. This is who I am now. And I am all things fitness and helping moms feel like, cause again, I, my first pregnancy, I was not certified in pre postnatal. I thought I was, you know, I'm a, I'm a, been a trainer for a long time. I know the body very well. And then here I am thinking I'm an expert because I'm pregnant. Like, you know, I'm like, okay, I know exactly what I'm doing. I'm going to keep lit. And I actually caused, we can talk about it, but a diastasis or a diastasis, depending who you talk to, I actually made it worse. I was still Uh, showing when I was teaching boxing, I was still sitting up because it felt fine. I was, you know, I was still showing stuff. I was still doing stuff. And then I ended up having some incontinence. I had some pelvic floor issues, Mm. but again, I, I was, I'm in a, a trainer, I thought I was an expert. And I think that's what comes across a lot of times um, when people are training with somebody and then they become pregnant or 
And then the person thinks they can just keep training them. And I think it's, it's a hard thing to navigate because there are so many changes to the body. And I learned that yes. and I got certified and I kind of went through some rehab and then, then here I am this newborn trainer. Honestly, it, it, it was an amazing eye opening experience to learn my second pregnancy from my first completely different. I trained completely mm-hmm. different and I took care of my body differently. I still did the things I loved, but just with slight modifications. And I had no, no incontinence, no issues. Wow. It was, it was incredible. And I think, yeah, so that was pretty cool. Okay. Um, I love that because that's kind of the meat of what I want to talk about. Um, so before I got pregnant, I just, I was doing a lot of yoga. I, I love yoga. I'm still doing it. And, you know, weightlifting here and there. I have some at home that I'm still doing, but I was like, what do I need to know now? That's different. Like, can I do plank? Can I, you know, am I allowed to activate my core? And this diet, diastasis, how do you say it? There's two different ways. So you'll hear two people say it different ways. So there's diastasis recti and diastasis recti. And they're okay. both, they're both correct. It's just depending on who you talk to. Sometimes I catch myself. I used to say diastasis recti because that's how it's spelled. Like if I yeah. pronounce it how it's spelled, but then you'll hear some people say diastasis. Okay. Well, one of the two. (laughs) DR. DR. And this is when your abs separate as your uterus is expanding and growing. Correct? So I heard a lot about this. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's it's normal. I like to say to people, it it actually is normal for for the growing baby. You have your your six-pack abs you see on the side. And then in the middle, it's the Lena um, Negra. So it's like a sheet and it's supposed to separate as mm. we, the baby's growing and that's normal, but it can be made worse by the intra-abdominal pressure. When you do like, let's say you do a sit up, you're putting so much pressure on that and it'll stretch and it can wow. even tear in, in worse cases. But that's because we're not learning how to engage our core, our transverse abdominus, which is closest to baby. We're not learning. Mm. We don't think about engaging that. And then that causes the pressure to push out on the, the rest of the core. So I think that's exactly what happened to me. I, I felt fine. I think I hear a lot of people say, oh, just listen to your body and just, you know, but you know what? Some women, they feel great. There's athletes. Yeah. There's, they're like, but I feel amazing and I'm doing the same stuff. But that actually could be causing more issues. So wow. That's really important to note. Yeah. Because again, I do tell people, you do know your body the best, so listen to it, right? Listen to certain things if you feel a pain here or you feel a pull here or, but then again, you could still be feeling amazing and like getting up out of your bed and just sitting straight up every morning and you feel fine. But when in reality, you need to roll over to your side, then push Mm. your to get out of bed. It's like little things that can help women not cause any extra damage or any extra pressure to your body um, is what I'm trying to help. Just just those little tips here and there. Yeah. So can we start with that? So we so there's the DR. We're just going to call it DR. Yes, DR. Um, that women need to be mindful of. And what are some exercise do's and maybe don'ts that they should be aware of when it comes to that. So I love the tip of getting out of bed because I will say I'm only 21 weeks, but I'm definitely yeah. starting to grow. Yes. And I'm still sort of like flinging myself out of bed and it's getting harder. And I'm like, oh, probably shouldn't be doing that anymore. <laughs> right, right. So I think the biggest thing, and like you're at a good point where you're halfway. And I think 20 weeks is where I start to kind of tell people that we need to start modifying the core mm-hmm. work um, and the breath work and kind of dealing with that type of thing. Because 
what's happening is the baby is start. You're starting to show it's starting to really expand in there. And then that's when you can't really do the things you used to do because your body is, is changing and the hormones, like you have that relaxing and going through your body and right. everything really loose and which is a good thing. But at the same time, it can also be a, a bad thing because you can push yourself um, too hard. So I think some of the things for, I wanted to kind of go over a couple like myths versus facts. Please, one, yes. one of the ones was the myth is it's not safe to do abdominal work during pregnancy. And I think that's what I hear from a lot of my clients is, well, I don't train my, I don't want to train my core because I don't want to hurt it. But in reality, it is so important to continue to train your core, not only just to keep a strong core, but this will help your body stay strong during pregnancy, kind of hold that baby, help with back yep. pain, help with everything. And then it is going to make birth so much better for you because you are so in tune with your core work that you can right. use that that breath and to help push baby down. And that's all your core, what you're using is to, to push baby. Yeah. That uterus is contracting in there and you're pushing. I have heard that same thing, uh, with the core work. And so I've actually, I've just Googled though, which is why I'm really glad I have you on this podcast right now. Cause I'll say, is it safe or is it not safe? And I determined that some core work is safe, but I'm not particular on like which is and which isn't. So I love that we're talking about this. So here's a first. So during the first trimester, if it feels okay. It's okay to continue kind of with your normal fitness routine and kind of just listening to your body, whatever you've been doing, it's, it's okay. Um, and then it's kind of recommended as you get into that second trimester, third trimester, reducing the amount of time you're in the supine or lying position. Um, and that's either like you can put yourself on a ball, you can prop yourself up. Um, you can be in a glute bridge even because you're not laying all the way down on your back um, Mm -hmm. when performing some things. Um, and so here's some things to do when thinking about, I am no sit up. I'm team, no sit up. You might hear some trainers say, Oh, you can do a sit up this way. I'm team, no sit up and no sit ups, no sit ups. Absolutely. Sit ups. There's nothing going to really come from doing a sit up, honestly, except causing more damage um, during a thing. So I think the thing is to avoid all sit ups. Don't you, if you don't even want to sit up, I just heard tell you out of bed. You, you don't want to sit up from the ground, anything mm-hmm. like that. I just put a funny like little thing on my Instagram. One of those, what are the reels? And, and people yeah, yeah. funny where I'm like, you just don't, don't sit up or sit down because it, just, it is, it it will cause too much pressure and too much things. So anything you want to be doing is things like sitting in a chair and, you know, lifting your knees and it's all breath, like exhaling, lifting the knees up into your core. And you can do that from a seated position. Um, you can lay on your side and do a little bit of side core oblique work, but here's another thing too, is our obliques are on the sides of our six pack core. And we do not want to overtrain those during pregnancy. You don't want to be just doing side bends and side ah. crunches because those will actually pull apart the core even more because the way that they work is to pull it tight. And so if we're training too much of our obliques, that's, you'll tend to see that pull and make a bigger gap in between the, with the lean and knee grip. Yeah. So what about, um, planks and side planks then? Cause I've heard that planks during yoga are actually okay. So yeah. I've still been doing them. And I've, um, I just did one where I was going into side plank, then holding mm-hmm. plank and going into side plank. Um, and it's still like, it feels good in my yeah. body. So I've been doing it, but I do wonder if that is okay. If I'm focusing on those 
side muscles. Yeah. So it's okay to do that. So it's okay to do them. It's okay to do a couple side crunches, but I think it shouldn't be the focus of your core work. Got it. What I tell people is, because I think a lot of people do a lot of, they want to get rid of that side, you know, side fat or those muscles. You know, again, that's a whole different zone, but it's, that won't be beneficial if you overtrain that, especially with weights and things. But side planks are fine. A lot of times, again, as you're going to get further along in your pregnancy, you want to modify on the knees or step one foot mm. forward. Because the if you can't engage your transverse abdominus enough, then it's just going to create that pressure on the side where, you know, it's kind of your belly's just hanging and you yeah. don't, you don't ever want that. But um, a big thing too, for you and for everybody is you're doing your yoga. You're doing great. You're doing all the the right things. It's just finding everything you want to be opening up the belly, right. Rather than creating that, that, yes. that space as your, your belly's expanding. We never want to restrict baby space. We always want to do openers instead of, mm-hmm. you know, um, crunching like in exactly. Um, cause it just doesn't, it's not, it, there's no need. But a big thing too is to look for a thing called coning when you're doing side planks or planks even because a lot of women can continue to do a plank if they can engage their trans. You're going to hear me say transverse abdominus. Mm. We do that transverse abdominal breathing, which is where we're exhaling and we're contracting that. I call hugging the baby up and in. I hear that all the time. Hugging the baby. (laughs) Hug the baby up and in. It's like pull the pelvic floor up, pull the baby up and in. And it's not sucking in. I like to tell people when you're hearing this, a lot of clients I see there's no engagement because they're just going. Right. See how my, she can see because my shoulders are going (laughs) up. We breathe and we, we bring our shoulders up when we're breathing. We breathe with our diet, you know, not our diaphragm. We're breathing with our chest. So it's, it's learning to just breathe with your core. That's why it's called core breath or TA breathing. And I try to coach it as you're hugging baby up and in you're, you're actually exhaling and your, your belly should go kind of away. <laughs> you're, it, totally right, freak my husband out. He is like, Oh my gosh, like that is hurting the baby. Do not pull the <laughs> Cause the baby literally, you go from here all the way up and in and it's, <laughs> What's interesting is, so I am a singer. I went to school for music. That was like my okay. previous life. I was a music teacher. So everything we learn about breathing is you breathe in, your belly expands like a balloon, and then you breathe out, the belly contracts in. And so that has always made sense to me. But when you, and it's, you know, I used to teach middle schoolers. So I'd be like, all right, everybody, we're going to take a big, deep belly breath. And all of a sudden, all their little chests and shoulders go, and they go up and I'm like, no, no, no. We, ha- But it's hard because it's like, we're, we don't learn that. But if you look at a baby when they're sleeping, they breathe in, their belly inflates. Yeah, they breathe out, yes. their belly deflates. So we know intuitively how to do it. But uh, for some reason, we lose that like body awareness connection as we get older. So when Absolutely. working out, I mean, that's that's a whole other side of this. When it comes to fitness and working out, like we want our body to feel good. We want to maintain this mind body connection and it's so good for us during labor. So it's not like we're working out to punish ourselves because uh, like we're, you know, you're going to gain weight during pregnancy. Like you're supposed to gain weight during pregnancy. Your body's meant to change, but you're working out for these, for all of these other reasons too, in addition to keeping the body strong and lean. And of course, like when it comes to those abs, like that's just something we all need to be aware of that this can yes. happen and, and that's not going to be great for our body. 
Exactly. And it's crazy. You've been training your whole life for this, basically. I feel like yes. you know, all your training before you were ready for this, this ready <laughs> for the breathing. What else is there? Because, and we talked about the pelvic floor a little bit. You said you struggled with incontinence incontinence. Yes, that's the right way to say it. And I, you know, I know a couple really fabulous public floor specialists as well. Can you touch on that with exercise? And did you also experience a difference then with the incontinence in your second pregnancy just by doing modifications? Yes. Yes. I think so. So I think everything we do, you know, the baby is pressing down on that pelvic floor. The pelvic floor is a, it's a muscle. It's like a sheet of hammock holding up, you know, our our organs. And some people don't realize that it's actually a muscle. Um, and when you look at it, it makes a lot of sense where that just pressure is on the baby and it's just causing a lot of things. So I think when you think about like deadlifting, you're pulling all this weight up. If you're squatting a ton of weight and you're going into these movements that we normally do, we're not thinking about it. We already have all this extra pressure from baby. And then we have this extra pressure from the weight we're pulling. Mm -hmm. And if we don't learn to, you know, again, the breath exhaling and pulling baby up and in pelvic floor Mm -hmm. up and in, and then going down into the movement, right. Where we're, Mm -hmm. we're engaging it and protecting it is, is the main thing is learning. And again, going down in weight as we get bigger and and as pregnancy goes into our second, third trimester, it's learning that we are not setting PRs for ourselves. Personal, we are not in this fitness to try to look shredded and feel that is not the purpose of when we train during pregnancy. Right. Uh, It's a, it's a mindset thing. Cause I was an athlete. I think, you know, it's, it's an athlete mentality or even if you trained before you were like this big fitness guru, it's a, a ment- mentality shift where we need well, to. I was going to say like, even if you uh, look on Instagram, like you'll see people that are like, you know, showing their strength and showing their pregnancy yeah. body or um, in like the yoga space, people are doing headstands and all of these things still. Yeah. And where that is, they're probably doing all of these things healthy. Yeah. I think it can create this. Oh, I'm not doing enough. Like I, I look at how they look during this pregnancy. Should I be doing all of those things? And so we just need to get that. It's, we have to get the aesthetic out of our head and just focus on again, how are we building strength and how are we honoring the body to prepare ourselves as our body shifts during pregnancy? And also, exactly. That's a great way to say it. It, It's so true because the reason we choose to work out for pregnancy. I want women to have this in their head. It's not just so you feel and look good. The re- the research shows that when we exercise in a healthy pregnancy and it's cleared by your doctor midwife and everything's good to go, it actually is beneficial to the baby. You know, there, there is this deeper connection here, why we choose to move and why we choose to do breath work, core work, yoga, and, and lift weights a little, you know, and, and cardio, because it is all beneficial to the baby to labor and delivery. And then again, mm-hmm. that fourth trimester, which a lot of people, it's kind of this new term fourth trimester where you still are basically pregnant and it, your body thinks it's still in that zone, right. still the same hormones, same everything. So you need to treat it like as if you're still pregnant, um, in that postpartum period. So mm-hmm. I like that you said it's a mind shift. It's a mindset where we're not here to exercise our heaviest or push ourselves, exert right. ourselves, which you shouldn't. Um, which I can talk about too, about how I think a biggest thing too is I think some women are confused. How hard do we push? Do I know, you know, what is that? Cause there is another pregnancy myth 
um, that this came up one time with one of my clients, which I was, I couldn't believe it, that never to get your heart rate over 130 while exercising in pregnancy. So that is a myth. There are no, Mm. currently no heart rate uh, guidelines at all. I heard that too. I heard something about heart rate. Yeah. That was an old guideline back 15 years ago through ACOG. um, And there was actually no scientific research to it, which was interesting why they would put that out there. And so a lot of my, why I say this, that someone brought it up to me, it was a client. This was like six years ago or five years ago. And she was like, I can't exercise over Oh, my nutritionist told me not to exercise and get my heart rate over 140 or I'm going to cook my baby. Mm, That's not true. (laughs) So again, it's just in the world, there's just so much mixed information, I think. And and she was so fearful from that point of getting, you know, hurting the baby. And that Mm. is something that is very common for women. And you don't want to hurt your baby. You want to do everything you can to make the baby healthier. So currently that's an outdated guideline. And right now the guideline is to, while exercising, you want to use the talk test. So with my clients, mm -hmm, you've heard of the talk test. I have. Yep. That's the next thing that I've heard. Yeah. And you, you go ahead and explain. No. Yeah. So the talk test and then perceived with clients when I'm training, it's kind of looking for that perceived exertion scale. So basically with women, when you're working out, or if you are a trainer and you're listening to this and you're training a pregnant uh, person, you want to make sure that you can, when you're working out, you can carry a light conversation with a little bit of light breath breathing, Mm -hmm. right? So you can be walking, you can be running if you're able to run, um, or you're lifting weights and you can still you and I could talk, but you'd be like a little bit out of breath, but I'm doing good. I feel, yep. I'm feeling okay. That's how it sounds. Um, but if you're to the point where you're like, okay, I can't, can't talk now, but that's a little pushing a little too hard and you need to Mm. pull back. And like, that's why you don't need to worry about tracking, looking at your heart rate. Don't stress about that. Just talk to yourself or talk to your friend or whoever you're with. Um, If you're by yourself, you can start talking out loud. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Or singing a song. You could sing a song. Yeah. um, And sing while working out. Exactly. Have fun with that. I've done, I've done that while I was working out. I noticed this is super crazy, but during the first trimester, things got me out of breath way quicker. I was like... I need to take a break. And then towards the end of the first trimester, heading into second trimester now, um, I I don't feel that. So I don't know. Do you, have you found that that changes and then gets back to, it gets harder in the third trimester, I'm assuming as your baby is taking up way more space in the body. So that's common. The beginning, you've got this, your blood is doubling the oxygen. You don't have the placenta is not fully, you know, everything's working on that forming and, and coming together. That's why once that's completed and you hit that second trimester, your body is like, Oh, Oh my gosh, we can do stuff again. Cause you it have, feels so good. Yeah. You have everything working on its own. So in the beginning, you're going to feel super out of breath, super, you know, you're learning this new body when, if it's your first pregnancy, you're navigating this new unknown where you're like, Oh my yeah. God, I can't breathe. I don't even, I don't feel good. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of people, I wanted to say this, give yourself grace in that first trimester. Cause if you do yes. not work out, if you're not working out in your first trimester, that doesn't mean you can't work out in your second and third trimester. Let yourself listen to yourself. And if you don't feel good and you don't, you know, you're just exhausted, you're nauseous, then just take a break. You don't need to, to worry about it. But I will say that 
it can help when you're in that nausea, that mindset, wake up, get a little bit of something to eat and get out yeah. and get fresh air if you can, or start walking mm-hmm. or moving because the exercise can actually help with the nausea. If you can get yourself out and moving, yeah. um, give yourself grace. But then second trimester, which you are in and you're feeling mm-hmm. amazing, that is yeah. so common. That is the honeymoon trimester. You're feeling so good. Um, and that's where a lot of, I always tell my clients is to set that, not expectation, but set that, um, I don't know where you want to stick with, with your, your fitness, like set that routine because that Mm -hmm. routine set those routines. So that'll help you when it starts to get a little tough in that third trimester, but it's so important to stay moving the whole time. If you're even during the third trimester, if if you're healthy and you're, yes, because in that third trimester, everything's going to be slower. You're pulling back a little bit, but you got to stay moving because you're training for labor and delivery where a lot of my clients are doing squats. I, I call it, you're practicing coordinated pushing, which is that TA breathing, squatting down, releasing the pelvic floor, learning how to release the glutes. Because my first pregnancy, I always held my onto my glutes, which yeah. is actually the, the opposite of what you want to do when you're pushing, which again, I had great labor and deliveries. I was very blessed, but I definitely think I could have been better if I released my glutes and let it relax. But you want to hold on to it. Like you don't want to poop yourself. You don't want to. Oh God. I hear that that is so. So I've just basically told my husband, I was like, I hear that the majority of women poop during labor. So like, just get ready. Like, I don't know what else to tell you. It was my biggest fear. (laughs) Did you not? I'm curious. Oh, I didn't poop with my first. Nice. I pooped with my second and I didn't <laughs> yeah. poop with my third. So I'm one, 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 one out of three. <laughs> I, yeah. I pooped and, but it, but you kind of honestly forget about it for sure. When you're in the labor delivery, like that mindset and you're, you're like, I don't even care. But I was fearful in the beginning. I'm kind of like, Oh my God, if I poop, like, and the doctor's like, don't even worry. Someone will totally come, wipe it up, clean it up. You won't even realize it. And I'm just like, yeah. Oh my God. I know. I so right now I'm planning on I don't have a birth plan or anything yet. Um we'll see if I really get one, but I'm working with the midwives at a local hospital here and they have a water birthing center and or unit or room. So I I have this fear that I'm going to be like in the water and then my husband's going to like be in it with me and I'm just going to see like something float by and it's going to be whatever. You are so right though when you are in that yeah. I'm sure I haven't experienced labor you won't yet, even. but like you're in the moment, like it's like, there it is, whatever. Yeah. I'm yeah. focusing. You're kind of like, oh man, I am doing other things right now that I don't need. Way, yeah. <laughs> way more important. You're just going to forget about the poop floating. <laughs> totally. Totally. But what I think is fascinating as we're talking about it is just how much like the, the mind body connection is important to labor. So I'm also, I'm reading this book called mindful birthing and it's mm-hmm. about focusing on the breath and, um, she talks about contractions as like contraction expansions. So like your uterus like contracts and expands at the same time as opposed to feeling like you're clenching, clenching, clenching. Um, but then in between contractions that you have this like uh, honeymoon period in between them where if you really focus on allowing yourself to enjoy that relaxation, yes. um, it it can be a beautiful thing that gears you up for the next contraction expansion. And so when we're talking about working out too and like doing these exercises that prepare you to connect to your body, it's just what another beautiful way to practice mindfulness and prepare for mindfulness before labor. Absolutely. That's, I like you said it exactly. Cause I, I read a hypnobirthing 
Yeah. Um, and I really enjoyed that. And that's kind of, again, I, my first pregnancy I felt was like this learning experience for me where I, you know, I wasn't certified and didn't really think much about birthing plans or anything. And then here I am with my second, third, it was exactly how I wanted it to go. Right. I kind of like learned from the first and then I was able to do what I wanted to. And I learned going into the second and third. Um, but that's exactly, that's exactly how it happens. And I guess I'm eight months postpartum right now with my third. And I still remember the birth and that is very accurate where Mm. attraction is coming and it is overwhelming. It is, I'm not going to lie. It is overwhelming. It's just, you want to just curl up and just, Mm. it's hard that that minute, that two minute, it is just so long, but I learned to focus on when that is coming. That's literally, you want to almost relax because, yes, because it's opening. Every contraction is getting you closer to holding your baby. And so it's like, the first pregnancy, I'm tensing up. I'm like in this ball and I'm like, ah, like fighting these contractions. I'm fighting them. You know, I'm a boxer. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a fighter. I'm like, uh-uh, yes. you are not coming at me. Don't even try to. Your instinct was like, get out of here. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, I will do this. Like you. Yeah. But then in reality, it was the opposite of what I wanted to do. So with my yeah. second, I had a totally different mindset where every contraction that I had and that breath, I was just using that breath. I'm holding, I'm standing, I'm squatting, I'm bouncing on balls Mm. because every exercise in training that I did during my pregnancy, I was doing in the room, you know, I love that. uh Uh-huh. So I'm, I'm holding onto the bed and I'm squatting and I'm relaxing the pelvic floor and I'm rolling my hips side to side on the ball and letting everything expand and open. And that's kind of the way I train my clients each trimester. I've heard some people say you can you can train the same kind of per se through your trimesters, but there are different focuses. Like in first trimester, you're focusing on making it through this nausea and, and right. you know, learning to navigate this breath issue and, and hormones. Second trimester, you're really setting the foundations for your training schedule. You're really focusing on building, you know, your strength, you're working on building that endurance that's going to carry through the third trimester and labor and delivery. And so that's, it's kind of a different mindset of training. And then third trimester, you're really working on preparing the body, opening up the hips and, and again, core work and breathing and being in tune with your body because Mm. kind of, you might start to lose that as you're just getting so big and you just feel like you don't even know all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I remember looking back and I, Spencer, my husband, would always be like, I would say the same thing each pregnancy three times. I'm complaining about how large I am. And oh yeah. my gosh, I know it's going to end and it's going to mm-hmm. be okay. But he was like, you always would talk about, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm just, you just get overwhelmed with how you don't feel like your usual self. Oh my gosh. you. Oh, it's tough. taking a quick break in this episode to remind you that my six-week group program where you learn all about fertility awareness method is going to be launching again on November 11th. In this program, I teach you everything you need to know about transitioning off of birth control, using fertility awareness to get in tune with your cycles, whether you are looking to avoid pregnancy without hormonal contraceptives or you're looking to use the method to get pregnant, this is the program for you. We meet 
every week on Wednesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time over Zoom. And you also get my online Heal Your Period program for free for joining to supplement your learning, which gives you all of the information about nutrition and gut health and liver health and stress reduction and all of the behind the scene things that you can be doing to start to balance your hormones naturally. Fertility awareness method can be a challenge to learn on your own. So I cannot understate the power of working with the coach to help you through learning this method. And I will make sure that you feel super cozy in learning this method and learning all about your body, ovulation, your fertility, so that you can use fertility awareness in whichever way you choose. Again, whether that's for birth control or for pregnancy purposes, I'm here by your side, ready to support you. All of the information for that six-week program is linked in the show notes. And if you have any questions, don't hesitate to reach out to me at Nourished with Nina on Instagram, or you can email me nourishedwithnina at gmail.com. I even, as I'm starting to really grow now at 21 weeks, I've said certain things like I was watering the plants. And so I was like, and I'm very short. I'm only 4'10". So I have to step on lots of things. Yes. And I have to like, and my husband is also 6'4". So we're like a really crazy. Wow. um, (laughs) Yeah, difference. But so I, you know, I have to climb up on counters sometimes or I have to step up on a chair to water the plants. And I started to notice like this is getting a little bit more challenging just because my (laughs) belly is getting bigger. Um, and I got up off the couch like the other day and I even, that's when I started to think like, Ooh, I think I'm going to have to start modifying how I'm just getting up, you know? And I made some comment like, wow, I feel sort of like large already and and not, and this isn't a kind term. Like, I'm not saying like, Oh, I'm so, um, but and then the, the third trimester, like my all of my friends that have been pregnant are like, girl, you just wait till the third trimester. You're going to be, and again, as a, as somebody under five foot. No sugar coating it at all. Um, I had a question that kind of came up because we're talking about heart rate and stuff. And I'm curious about cardio. So what is I you hear a lot of doctors will say if you used to run before, you can run again. Yes. Um, I was running a little bit. I've never been a runner. So I've just been doing a lot of walks and I haven't really done much, much running Um, besides like low impact cardio in like other workouts. So what are, what are your recommendations for running cardio during pregnancy? So that's one of my myths first facts. So one of the myths is that running while pregnant isn't safe. That's a myth, but again, there's a lot of things to talk about it to make it a fact. And so if you enjoy running and it isn't causing too much discomfort, there's no reason that running can't be part of your pregnancy, um, and and your fitness routine, um, exercising during pregnancy at a moderate pace using the talk test is completely safe. So you're running you're listening to music and you're feeling fine. There's no pain. You're not feeling too much pressure down and down there. It's totally safe. I do recommend, I, I, like you said, you have a few pelvic floor physical therapist friends. I always recommend my clients to go see one in pregnancy. Yes. I hundred percent tell, you know, I'm like, go see somebody. I just had a friend. I just, we were working out at the beach on Saturday and I'm helping her whenever she goes down to a burpee. She's a huge fitness trainer, but this is her first pregnancy. She was coning as she was coming down into a plank position. She's coning. So I'm having her modify. What what is coning for people that can't see your hand position. Cause yeah. I see it. I'm like, okay, right? that makes sense. So coning is, it looks like, 
um, when you're either sitting up or you're letting your belly hang, it's like a triangle almost. You can see your core protruding this mm. pressure. So you, it, it's like a roof of a house, but on your belly. So you okay. think there's, it's like this point, a cone. It's why it's called coning because mm-hmm. you're having this pressure come through that weak point in your core. So your abs are holding down, but then that weak point is it's letting it push through the Lena Alba is the line down the middle. Yes. So that Lena Alba is what connects the two, the core muscles. And so that expands. And then if there's too much pressure, it'll poke through and that's not good. That can cause so much damage. So you're always looking with everything you're doing, coning. And so she was again, going down to these, she was doing modified burpees, but she still wasn't engaging her core enough that it was like, relax. so I was like, I think you need to go see a pelvic floor physical therapist. She's not, she wasn't in tune with her body. She wasn't yeah. list my cues. Nothing was helping her. And that's not her fault. It's not my fault. It's just, there was something off. Come to know. She goes to see a physical therapist, pelvic floor physical therapist. And she's got, she had to stop running. There was wow. something going on. She wasn't, her hips were misaligned, which is very normal because everything's shifting and moving. And so right now they're working on reshifting that, building the strength back in her pelvic floor. And she's going to be back to running. Like, and that's, she's she's the same as you. She's 21 weeks. Mm. And so it's crazy that, you know, she felt fine. She honestly did. But I'm like, ah, it just doesn't look right. You're still coning. You're not able, there wasn't that mind body connection. And it was because there was a misalignment in her body and she just couldn't fix it. I'm a huge, huge proponent of pelvic floor. I, she, oh my gosh, Lindsay Vestal. She was on my podcast. She has an online platform. I'll go ahead and link her in the show notes for everybody listening. I think I'm going to have her back on the podcast to talk more about this, but she has an online program. I have not yet dove into it. Although I am so passionate about telling women, especially during pregnancy and postpartum, what is normal and what isn't. And there are so many myths that she busts about the pelvic floor. Right. But it is important to get these things checked. Knowing that if you are struggling postpartum too with things like, you know, incontinence or there are other things. Not um, normal. (laughs) Not normal, not normal. And we don't think that. And you should not have pain down there. Um, And so, yeah, it's, it's just a really important conversation. And I love that you need to be mindful of it during your pregnancy too, because that's where things can start to get even more out of alignment. You know, I, I'm one of those people, I have so much knowledge about pregnancy in the body, but that's one thing. I'm not a pelvic floor physical therapist. So I can't give you, again, I help with learning how to do the Kegels. I help you learn how to be more mindful about every exercise that you are doing, that you're engaging the pelvic floor. But to a certain extent, I think it's very good to see where your starting point is with your pelvic floor. You could have a not so strong pelvic floor or a too strong of a pelvic floor before pregnancy and then it carry through and then it causes issues, right? So I do think that that's a great piece of advice to, and, and you should take two, right? To go. Yes. You're such a big proponent of that too. I know. I need to listen <laughs> to it myself. But I love that you mentioned, like, we all have our specialty, right? Yeah. Like, I I'm, I focus on the hormones. Like, I know what's going on with the hormones during yes. all of these stages. Uh, but I don't know anything about, like, the fitness area. So I have to find a, an expert in that. And even if you're working with somebody, like, keep in mind, like, what their specialty is. Yes. Because you might need to find somebody else else to really get the information you need. And that's okay. And if they act like a know-it-all, they probably 
don't know <laughs> as well, much as they think that they did with you that that's yeah well, that should not happen that you know we should all be again us together we are stronger yes. together as experts and as in our field it's like we can all come together oh my goodness like you have all everything you need that's why your podcast is so amazing you have all of what we need to hear in one spot right and it's hard with the world of instagram influencers Everything mm-hmm. on the internet. There's so much out there. So I feel like it overwhelming. Is, it's overwhelming. And then you kind of just shut down at that point. You're kind of like, Ugh. yeah. 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 So having these resources to go to, and thank you. That's why I started the podcast was so that I could have these conversations you, with people. I can tell you do a great job mm-hmm. at that. Well, thank you. I'm curious, is there anything, um, I'm sure we could probably talk about this topic for a long, long time. Is there anything specific that we haven't covered that you really want to share with women around workouts? And then I obviously want, you have programs, you have um, uh, a program that I saw on your website that's like devoted to helping women work out during pregnancy. So um, share with us if there's anything we haven't covered that you want to make sure they hear now. Yes. And then I would love for you to shout out your resources. Yeah. So I think the biggest thing too is, I think we kind of talked about the touching points that I wanted to, but I think one of the things too was that a myth is if exer- if I exercise too much during pregnancy, I'm pulling nutrients away from the body and then she or will- he or she won't grow properly. I've heard that from some people where they think that when they're exercising and taking away the oxygen, like, you know, that it's- I've heard that too. Yeah. And so research shows that the placentas in exercising women are actually larger than those in non-exercising women. So that was a study done in 2003. And it was a large, you know, the larger organ therefore is better at supplying the nutrients to the body. It's pretty extraordinary. Where mm. we're exercising, they're seeing that women, you know, that who are exercising in a healthy, safe pregnancy, that yeah, that their placentas are functioning better and are bigger. So I think that's one cool. thing that women like look at that are like, oh, that's crazy to me that there's such a difference in that. Yes, yeah, and it makes sense too that why why would it be why would it be taking away nutrients from your baby just mm-hmm. through your workout? Your placenta is giving that baby what it needs to give it. Right. And that's a really cool study. I did not yes. know that. Yeah, it um, was put done by Clapp in 2003. It was a, a good study. He does a lot of research on pregnancy and exercise. Yeah. And you know, I want to touch on one thing before we end. If you find out that you are in a position where you need to be on bed rest or you need to not work out, um have you experienced that with any of your clients? I mean, you keep saying in a healthy, safe pregnancy, if that's the case, you need to give yourself a lot of grace because that is what's going to be best for your body. So in everything that we're saying, um, if that is your situation, know that you are doing the best for yourself and your baby. If your job is to just relax for the remainder of your pregnancy, just like anything in the world, exercising, to a certain, if it was an unhealthy, unsafe, you know, not approved, it could actually be the most detrimental thing to your health exercise. Yeah. Right. So, and your baby is going to turn out. Okay. It doesn't yes. pregnant or exercise. Isn't making everybody's babies better or anything like that, or your body better. It, it's just something that if you can do, you should do it because it, it, it mm-hmm. will help you feel better and it'll help everything, you know, with the postpartum, make it a lot, a lot easier for you. Um, but again, it doesn't mean it won't happen for you. You're still going to heal. You're still going to be okay. And there will be time for that. But in that time, if they, you were told to, and that's the best thing to lay there and you lay there and you enjoy it because once the baby, you will not lay there. And so you're like, as a mom of three, I know this. (laughs) How old are your kids again? 
So you have all, they're all close. They're very close. So next, uh, the 25th of November, she's going to be four. So next week. So I'll have a four, oh. a two and uh, eight months. Oh my goodness. So you know what you're talking about. You've been yeah. through this. I've been I through it. it. And, and yeah, so that's why, like you told, you said, you saw it on my website. I have a 12 week complete pregnancy workout program where it's more than just 12 weeks of exercises. The first 30 pages is just resort. Like what I talked about the TA breathing, I show pictures of coning, um, just kind of stuff that you need to be aware of. I give like an anti-nausea smoothie, just little things, uh, the up-to-date nutrition guidelines about what you need. Um, just a bunch of different resources in there. I talk about the pelvic floor and then I, I do have someone that came on my blog and, and just, she, she actually taught me a few things too. Um, so you just cool. put it all in one place, right? So, you know, you can look at this thing and be like, oh my gosh, okay. I know all of these are correct resources, the most up to date as of right now. Um, and then it goes into 12 weeks of stuff you need to do. And I go, I get, I give cardio ideas. I do have yoga on Sunday. You know, I, every week mm-hmm. there's a yoga thing. Um, cause I am a certified yoga instructor, but Nice. That's like not my thing. I try to do one thing out of my zone every year and I'm a boxer. I am a high intensity workout person. And yeah. it's like, I'm going to get certified in yoga because that was <laughs> hard for me. It was yeah. so hard. <laughs> I really gravitate towards yoga. It definitely is more of my, I don't know, like my energy, but, um, I've really enjoyed like when I say weightlifting, I have like hand weights at home that I use. So, but I really enjoy just like hopping on YouTube and looking up like prenatal weight exercises or body weight exercises too. Um, and those have really been making me feel good in my body, but, um, I've never been like, deadlifting or like doing any of that <laughs> or like a super right. marathon runner. The biggest thing, one other thing I'll say is one of those myths is if you didn't exercise before pregnancy, the, the myth is if you don't exercise before pregnancy, now's not the time. And that's mm-hmm. actually incorrect. The current guidelines are you can start or continue an exercise program unless your doctor has specifically said no. So just, just know that it's not too late to start. It, it never is. Mm-hmm. Now is the time to start. Even if you're 21 weeks, you can walk, you can go on walks, you can do light hand weights. You know, you can do things um, if, if the doctor says it's okay. So don't think it's too late. Don't think you're in the third trimester and it's too late to start the breathing, core breath and things like that. You can still do it and it'll still be beneficial. Even if you're not starting before you're conceiving or in the first trimester. Um, Such a good tip. This has been so helpful. And I know that everyone listening is going to like be eating up this information because you're right. There are so many myths. There's, there's so many different influencers and doctors recommend something and your trainer at your gym says one thing. And so it's nice to just always go. I like to say, pick one source that you're resonating with and stick with that. So you don't overwhelm yourself. So we will make sure to link to your program in the show notes. Also, you are very active, active on Instagram and also your blog. So please share where else they can find you. Yes. So you heard me talk about sweaty as a mother. So if you find me on Instagram, it's at sweaty as a mother and cause motherhood sweaty, let's talk about it. And um, <laughs> yeah. my website and blog is sweaty as a mother.com. And on there, I do also have other things like uh, yoga modifications. I took pictures and it cool. just shows certain poses that you want to modify because sometimes it can feel okay, but it's actually expanding the core too much and stretching too much. Um, but again, for me, it felt okay. It's crazy. Like I could do upward facing dog the whole pregnancy, but it actually is causing more damage 
I was going to say not to start going off on another tangent, but I'm glad that you said that because I noticed for myself, even in the beginning, in the first trimester, upward facing dog was starting to hurt like my upper abdominals. Yep. Yep. Um, And so I, and also like, I can't do chaturanga because if I go all the way down and I'm on my belly now, it just doesn't feel good. So I've been sort of like going down chaturanga on my knees and then I'll do like a slight upward dog. And I'm like, you know what? I don't know if I should be doing this anymore because I can right. feel a pool. So yeah. I'm going to check that out. I'm going to check, check out that resource. For a, sure. Yeah, it's like eight poses that you need to just modification ideas for some poses um, that are good ones to do. Love it. Well, thank you so, so much for coming thank on the podcast so today. Me. It was such a, an honor to be on here. And I hope, you know, if anybody ever has any questions, just reach out. And I think the biggest thing, you know, is to just, you, you know, your baby, you know, you, and like I said, listening to your body, but also having the correct information to know, you know, how to, to continue that through the whole pregnancy is, is my biggest piece of advice. I really hope you guys enjoyed that episode with Taylor. Make sure to check her out on all of her platforms. Sweaty as a mother on Instagram, and she has amazing resources on her website. And while you're at it, I would also love to link up and chat with you via Instagram at Nourished with Nina. I love getting messages from you all chatting with you over there on that platform. You can also check out a lot of the helpful blog posts and things I have regarding fertility awareness method and hormone balance and all the things over at my website, which is nourishedwithnina.com. All right, guys, that's all I have for you this week. Can't wait to catch you next Monday. Talk to you soon.